bite-sized episode of the Backlog Breakdown. I'm your host for this week, Josh Broccolo, and I'm coming at you. This, this is going to be pretty stream of consciousness, and I, I just wanted to talk about something. We haven't put out a bite-sized episode in a while, and uh, one thing that I've been into lately that I wanted to talk about a little bit is, um, you know, we're, we're done with our we're this spooky month. We're done with October. We've played our Alan Wakes. We've played our Hellblade. But I still, I still can't get enough. Still wanted some more spookiness. Um, so I, I one one thing that I continue to go back to year after year when I want something spooky is a uh, manga artist, uh, Junji Ito. And really, uh, yes, he's a manga artist, but he's also a storyteller, and that's one of the things that I love um, with him. He he's he does so well at the way that he tells uh, spooky stories, but then also draws things out. He uses the medium of manga really well. And we'll get into that in just a second. So uh, I've been reading more Junji Ito lately and getting some stuff from the library. So just jumping back into his works. And I think there's really something special with what he does. So I wanted to talk about it a little bit in your ear holes for a, a few minutes here today. So Junji Ito, if you don't know who this man is, that's J-U-N-J-I, Junji, and Ito, I-T-O. Um, he is a popular horror writer from Japan. I believe some of the first manga that he put out was in the late 80s. So this guy's been around, and he's still doing it. So he's been around for quite a while. And, and one of the things that, that makes him special, and, I mean, kind of one of the characteristics is that he he writes a lot of stories that are within the horror genre. He uses different uh, themes in, in different like styles of horror, but he really delves into horror. That's kind of his main gig. I know, I know he's done a little bit of, I think, comedy or something like that, but really he's known for his horror stuff. And that's all that I've read by him. So that's what I wanted to talk about today. Um, and like I said, he's been around since the late 80s, so he's been honing his craft and telling stories. And, and something about these stories is that they are um, – primarily he writes short stories. And there are, there are stories that he writes where some of the same characters return. There are a few long-form stories, which we'll be talking about here today. Um, but primarily he has uh, – he's been putting out – just short stories instead of one long narrative like a lot of other um, manga. If you're familiar with something like Shonen Jump, you know, it's it's a very long narrative that carries on. Um, but Junji Ito is different in that he, he primarily does short stories. So it's really cool to see, to to imbibe in a lot of his work and to see the creativity that he has with still you know, all within this realm of horror, how he uses different themes and different tropes and, and even different styles of horror to tell different kinds of stories. Um, when it comes to his work as a manga artist, one thing that I find really interesting is that I don't think um, his style is not super unique. I mean, it, it definitely, like if you see, if you see something by him, then you can tell that it's his. So in that sense, it is unique. But it's not something, um, most of the time, it's not super intricate. It's not like you see a panel and this is like the best artwork ever. But I think one thing that he does really, really well, if you pay attention, um, is that most of his stories start off very mundane, very plain, very normal. Um, you know, like like a lot of kind of Shonen Jump stuff, you'll see characters in a high school 
So, or, or the Japanese countryside or, or, or cities or things like that, that are very mundane and plain. And that's kind of the style that he uses. And then as the story kind of ramps up in, in what it's trying to do in some of its themes, in, um, its overall spookiness and tone, his art style starts to change or get more intricate. And he does these amazing panels. He's really great at the art of the page turn. So he will bash you over the head with a really intricate and often, you know, horrible and disgusting image um, to, to, to kind of shock you. And that, that's one of the ways that he uses the medium of manga in order to tell some of these stories. So I, I think in terms of artwork, he may not be the best artist, like, technically, but he has honed his craft um, very, very well. So there's something really special with the way that he uses the art form in order to tell his stories. And, and frankly, I mean, his artwork has gotten so much better throughout the years. So um, I, I think, yeah, he's he's just a master because he's stuck to kind of one um, general kind of genre throughout at least the stuff that I've read from him. And so that's, that's in terms of artwork, but I think also something special is that he really is a storyteller. Um, he really enjoys, you know, coming up with these short stories and, and you know what, out of the dozens, probably hundreds at this point of stories that he's told, yes, you're going to get some ones that you like more than others, you know, some that you can kind of brush away like, okay, that was all right. You've got some endings that may not be satisfying, especially to someone like me, a Westerner that wants, you know, a neatly, a tightly wrapped up narrative. Sometimes he leaves things very open-ended, but then he can return to those same characters. So, um, yeah, you can, not every story is going to be the best story you've ever read, but the short story collections, I think, um, he, he enjoys, uh, while they're all in the same genre, there is something different about each story, and sometimes he really hits on some some gold. Uh, I think throughout uh, the time, and and because of his pacing and and the way that that intersects with his art, um, it always keeps me coming back. I want to see what's going on in, inside this guy's head, and and because he he does use the medium of horror as well. I think you know one thing that horror is it's an it's an exploration of our fears as humans and so he delves into that and so he uses he, he comes at it from a lot of different perspectives um you know there there could be you know simple body horror which is great for manga right <laughs> because he can draw some really yeah very disgusting things um that's that's what freaks you out sometimes it's the story sometimes it's the way that people react sometimes he has these very you know, human looking characters that are very uncanny and th that look dead, you know, that have those very dead eyes. I mean, he just, the way that he communicates these different ways of uh, these horrible things, um, I think are, are just done really, really well. So I, I think he's, he's a great storyteller and he really has kind of plumbed the depths of horror and, and delving into what do we fear? You know, when we think about horror, oftentimes, I, I don't know, one of the ways that I look at it is that it is a look inside. It is a look at what you may fear and in, to the effect that you build up a bit of mental resiliency, right? So, so you are kind of slowly, um, you know, ratcheting up the tension and slowly building uh, momentum 
and helping to, to train yourself to look into the dark things. So you're not that you're desensitized to them, but so that you are more resilient in facing hardship, in facing um, the horrible parts of the human heart. Because really the most horrible things are, are the things that we do, right? We realize as fallen human beings, um, as those who are totally depraved, right? That, that sin has affected all of us, that, that we are the problem. Often it's, it's not our circumstances at all. It's, it's what we do with that. And so it's, so using horror to look into those things and looking into the human reactions to, um, sometimes these crazy situations I think is, is one of the redeeming aspects of horror as a genre itself and in exploring those, those very human fears in a sense, it can help to make us resilient, but also anti-fragile. If you know that term, it, it is resilient is able to withstand things, right? But anti-fragile is to actually become better and stronger through pain. You know, like our muscles are anti-fragile. They're not just resilient. They won't just stand up to exercise. They actually get better with exercise. Um, and I think mentally we can do that when we look into some of our fears as well and some of our horrors. So in general, um, I would recommend if you're a fan of horror, of course, it goes into you know, it's it's a dark medium. So um, if you don't like it, then then you know maybe not check out Junji Ito's stuff. But he's got a lot of uh, different books that I've read, and like I said, they're mostly short story collections. But three works that he's known for, I mean, that are probably some of his more popular works because they tell longer form stories. I want to just go over really quickly um, with one in particular that kind of stands out to me, at least for the theme. Yeah, because these three stories, um, Uzumaki, Gyo, and Tomie, all three of them do very different things while still sh staying in, this, in the horror genre. So Uzumaki is one of his, I would say it's probably his most famous. Um, it was one that I kind of started out with and and it's this story about this town that is slowly kind of descending into madness. And it, it is an obsession with spirals, which sounds really weird. And it, it to me, it feels like a very Eastern concept as opposed to like a Western, you know, horror, big, bad. But But you see like the madness that comes out through this as people... And then eventually things within the city, the city start to become obsessed with spirals and the spiral pattern. And so they start to do things to where they're creating spirals and then they want to become spirals. And it's really strange and weird, but it is horrifying to see, you know, the way that the humans act in ways that are not very human at all. So I would highly recommend this story. It does it. It starts off again, sort of mundane and then odd and uncanny and and then it gets full bore crazy almost to this this kind of cosmic horror, maybe not quite that far, but very esoteric <laughs> um i I think this is a, a well, it's one of my favorite stories, and it is long form. I'd highly recommend it. Uzumaki is probably one of his his uh best known works. The second one that I wanted to talk about is one called Gyo. And just because it takes such a different turn, while it is horror, it's almost more of like the 
thriller, almost action kind of horror. Because in this story, um, it, it's about this this stench of death, where um, there are these strange creature, like fish like creatures, that are coming and attacking humanity. So it's so it's almost like a uh, it, it's horror from the um, you know animal kingdom and the things around you and, and coming against humanity itself and so like humanity being powerless uh, against kind of the the greater pressures of the earth and in the other inhabitants in the earth so it's it's much more straightforward of a story it uses some elements of comedy as well um this one is probably more you know when you think of kind of a, a an action an american action or not action i'm sorry an american horror movie this kind of fits that bill a little bit more. There's the, kind of what you see is what you get. It's not as as crazy. There's not it's not as deep, but it's a lot more fun. It's it's just fun. So if if you want something that's a little easier to get into, um, I would recommend Gyo. It's a good read. It's it's fun and. It, it the the terrifying nature of it is not one that's you know spiritual or or something along those lines. It's not one that's going to stick with you. It's just one to have fun with. Um, so Gyo is another one that's that I would recommend. And finally, I wanted to talk about Tomie. Uh, Tomie is the name of a young girl, and you do see her age throughout the story. So this is a collection of different short short stories that center around this character that uh, Junji Hito has made named Tomie. And this is a, a character, uh, she was human, she seems to be human, but in, and she's very, very beautiful. And the stories center around this horror of this beautiful woman that, you know, gener generally within horror, beautiful women are the first to die, right? You know, they are the um, the, well, I was going to say protagonist, but that's not the right word. They're kind of the almost damsel in distress. They're usually the ones that are running away from the ax murder or something like that, you know, in a horror story. They're the ones that they're the victims of whatever is happening in the story. And this kind of turns it on its head to where she's, she's more, she is the, the predator, the perpetrator, but she does it in a very feminine way which I find really interesting. It's not that, you know, she wields a chainsaw and, and chops people apart, kind of that a lot of, again, American horror and, and things like that would kind of delve into. But she uses her beauty to ensnare men in throughout these different stories. But even then, that seems kind of run of the mill. But what she does is is she ensnares them and then in a way almost makes them go insane to the point where they want to kill Tomie. Like they want to possess her and her beauty so much that they end up killing her. And that is the, that's the point. Like she wants that to happen because she can regenerate. And she, you know, I talked about anti-fragility earlier. That's kind of her thing is that when she regenerates, she becomes stronger. Um, in some stories, I believe that, that there are multiple Tomies that are created out of the different parts of her body that then, you know, grow back. So um, it's, it's this really interesting to me, delve into this idea of the, the feminine horror, if that makes sense, because she, the, her weapon, she's weaponized her beauty 
and she she it's not that she you know takes upon a masculine kind of strength to destroy her enemies it's that she uses her beauty and her femininity in order to ensnare and then and then cause men to go insane and and to kill her to then like distort their masculine nature of of strength and protection and turn into the predator so she is the predator that turns the man into the predator to kill her so that she can come back stronger. It's, it's a really interesting kind of um, subversion. <laughs> I know that that word often takes a bad rap, um, but on this, on this trope and the, that's throughout this whole book, um, the, the stories that are told with Tomie go along those lines. And it reminds me a lot of Proverbs five, Okay, I, you know, I don't know how familiar you are with it, but Proverbs, you know, is is the wisdom literature. It is this um, this wis- this teacher speaking to his son. I'm going to read the first six verses. He says, "My son, be attentive to my wisdom. Incline your ear to my understanding, that you may keep discretion, that your lips may guard knowledge. For the lips of a forbidden woman drip honey, and her speech is smoother than oil. But in the end, she's bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword." Her feet go down to death. Her steps follow the path to Sheol. She does not ponder the path of life. Her ways wander and she does not know it. And so this is a warning in the Proverbs. And of course, if, if you, this is a warning against following after this, this woman who seeks to, to use her beauty wrongly to ensnare a man. Now, later on, on in the proverb, okay, lest you, lest you think that it's, it's, you know, she's purely the villain and oh, poor man to get snared up. No, the, the proverb goes on to talk about how, um, you know, if, if a man is to follow after this woman, that he is at fault. Okay. It's not just her fault, but this is a warning that the, against the, um, distortion of femininity that would seek to ensnare someone. And, uh, for, for, the the teacher here is saying, my son, don't go after this woman who would do that. And it just reminded me of these stories of Tomie because that's exactly what she does. She uses her outward beauty um, because she's not beautiful inside. <laughs> Obviously, she is trying to ensnare these men. She uses that as as this picture, this horrible thing. And that, again, is what horror does is it allows us to look at what we fear the most and in this sense it is this this distortion of femininity and this this abuse of femininity so i really appreciate the well the way that junji ito kind of delves into that as one of his themes throughout the these stories in tomie so i think that's another collection um that would be a lot of fun to check out in, in conclusion, I've read lots of Junji Ito. Pretty much I'd recommend anything that he does. I just really enjoy his artwork, his storytelling. I think he, he's got a lot of good things to say. Some stories are better than others, but but check something out. Um, you know, I again, Uzumaki, I think, is probably probably his best overall. If you if you get into that, it gets pretty crazy. But any of these I'd recommend. I mean, yeah, like I said, anything I've read by him, I've enjoyed. But Uzumaki. Gyo is a fun time, and then Tomie as well. But till next time, loggers, keep beating down your backlogs. We'll keep breaking down the benefits.
Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Backlog Breakdown. If you want to join in the conversation, you can email us at thebacklogbreakdown at gmail.com or join our Facebook group, The Backlog Book Club, on Facebook. And on Twitter, our handle is at BBDownCast. Of course, you can also catch Nate and I on our social media platforms like Facebook, Twitter, and the GG app. I go by Broccolope, that's spelled B-R-O-C-C-O-L-O-P-E, and Nate goes by Nate underscore McKeever. Till next time, loggers, you keep beating down those backlogs, and we'll keep breaking down the benefits.